you're listening to that Sober Guy podcast on Recovery Radio. Living one day at a time for a sober, healthy, happy life. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com. And now, let's start the show. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by That Sober Guy Meetings. Go to thatsoberguy.com, click on the Live Meetings tab, and register for the next Sunday morning online over the phone from the comfort of wherever the hell you're at meeting support group recovery meeting talk listen sit there enjoy it get some good opinions some good advice some good stories from all over the country and all over the world next week we'll be having jason smith author of the bitter taste of dying on the show so stay tuned for that now last week we started 14 days to building self-esteem and we started with week one that was episode 50 and that was the first day the first week so now we're going to move on to day two or week two in case you missed episode 50 let me touch on what 14 days uh, of build what 14 days of building self-esteem is so you take one day or one week because it's a weekly podcast and we're going to read a building self-esteem exercise. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a, a meditation thought for the day and then an exercise for that day. And we'll do one a week. So on episode 50 last week, we did the first day. This is the second day that we're moving on to now. So day two, it is time that I recognize and accept my authority to make decisions regarding everything that I do. The most important decision that I will ever make is to love myself Loving myself means that I will choose the good for myself. Examples would be health, positive relationships, and prosperity. To say I can't give up something because I'm addicted or too weak is ridiculous. To say that I can't be happy because someone won't let me be happy is absolutely absurd. Although the decision to love myself and follow this self-esteem program will eventually make me feel good, I cannot wait until I feel good to follow a program of self-love. I deserve to be loved and I must begin to love myself in the here and now. So if you need to play that back again, because there's the whole thing is good, but it, it may take a couple times of hearing it to actually break down uh, really the, the full depth of that, of that short paragraph there. And, one of the most important things that I, I, or lines that I really, really like in this is, is to say, I can't give up something because I'm addicted or too weak. If, if you really want it bad enough, you can, you can give up anything and you can quit anything and you can stop. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's, that it's going to be easy. Um, but it's possible and it, it, it happens to the people who really want it bad enough and are willing to sacrifice everything in a sense to, to get there. Um, I also like, I deserve to be loved and I must begin to love myself in the here and now. I talked a little bit about this on episode 50 in this exercise, the fact of loving ourselves and, and how it's really impossible to love somebody else if you don't love yourself, because you don't, at least for me, I didn't trust anybody else. Um, I was insecure and I didn't know how to love myself. Um, and, and sometimes it's still hard. Sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense. 
I'm, I can still be passive sometimes if someone gives me a compliment. Oh, you know, you kind of want to blow it off because you, you don't want that ego. You don't want to be arrogant about it. And you don't want to accept the fact sometimes um, that that you did a good a good thing or you're doing something good or you're doing something well. I've definitely gotten better at it, and I definitely can 100% say that in a in a in a very non arrogant way that I absolutely love myself and I love um, the man that I am and I I love the you know the the things that the decisions that I make today should I say. Uh, and that and that reflects how I act out to my family, to my friends, um, in in a work, a, a professional environment. Am I perfect? Fuck no. Do I fuck up and make mistakes? Absolutely. Um, the important thing is is that I learn from those and I I really take them as a lesson and don't beat myself up over them like I used to do. Because when we beat ourselves up over the mistakes we've made or, um, you know, things that we've done in the past that maybe we're not proud of or happy about, that completely blocks out the fact that we should be learning a lesson from these things. All we do is beat ourselves up and then nine times out of 10, we're going to do the same thing again later on down the road because we didn't learn the lesson that was supposed to be taught from that mistake. So mistakes aren't always a bad thing. It really is all about perspective and can we learn from them? So let me jump into today's meditation. Grant me the courage to make a decision today to love myself. I know that from this love will come my love of family and friends. I'm thankful that I have another chance to love. Here's today's exercise and like I said in, in episode 50, when we started this on day one, it really would benefit if you took a pen and a piece of paper and you wrote down some of the exercise parts of these. It's really simple. It would take you five minutes. It's a couple of questions. It will really help instill the the lesson in this and your thoughts and, and what, what you're doing to, you know, to kind of work this, this program. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily know that it's a program, but this uh, exercise. Let let me say that to work this exercise. List five actions that demonstrate I have made the decision to love myself. Okay, so list five actions that demonstrate I've made the decision to love myself. Um, let me throw one out there. I made the decision to quit drinking and using drugs. That's a big step for me in the direction of loving myself because part of the reason that I abused alcohol and drugs was the fact that I wanted to, in some weird, some weird way, I wanted to be destructive to myself. I wanted to show other people that I was, you know, that I didn't give a fuck. And, and I I can't really explain it till this day. It still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because it, it, it's just, um, it's kind of stupid when I think about it, but at the same time, it's, it really at the time was, or who I thought I was. And that, that was me. You know, I wanted to just be destructive and self-destructive and not give a shit. And so for me to give that up and realize that, wait a second, this isn't the life that I want to live. This, this isn't the person that I want to be. I actually 
want to love myself. I want to learn about myself. I want to learn about who I am as a person, who I am as a man, who I was as a boy. I want to go back in time and I want to explore some of those situations that I was in, some of the decisions that I made um, that helped kind of shape my life up and up to where it's, it's gotten today. And there's a, that takes a lot of work to, to really do that. It takes a lot of time and patience. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm not even, I mean, I've definitely scratched the surface of it, but every day is something new. So that's part of this journey of recovery itself too, is, is really learning about yourself, you know, me learning about myself and learning who I am and how to love myself. So last today, I will remember today. I will remember it is I who profits or suffers as a result of my choices. And I really love that because when I had to finally come to terms with the fact that everything that was going around in my life, everything that was going on, everything that had happened, everything that was happening, when I when that light bulb finally went off and I finally realized and admitted that everything is a direct reflection of the choices that I have made and the positions that I have put myself in. Whether or not external circumstances help to shape those, ultimately it's my decision on how I react to them. And I beat on this a lot. I feel like I've talked a lot about it lately, but it's such an important aspect of this recovery process is being able to be honest and humble and and show some humility and really say, you know what? I take 100% full responsibility for this. And this is what I'm going to do to change it. And when you can shift that attitude into, you know, from taking the responsibility to the last thing I said, this is what I'm going to do to change it. Boom. That's when you're on that, that path to recovery. That's when you're on that path to, um, to a new you. Let me speak for myself. That's when I was on a path to a new me. Once I figured that out. I don't mean to advise. I do that sometimes, say it many times over and over, but I always like to say, I'm just a, a an old addict and alcoholic. That's it. That's me. And I've learned a few things along the way, and I'm, I'm sure I got a lot more things to learn, but I enjoy sharing them with you. And I'm not a doctor. I don't have a piece of paper with a seal of approval on it. So... Technically, I can't really advise anyone what to do, but what you can do is you can listen to some of the things that have worked for me and some of the things that haven't worked for me and take that shape your own little program out of it. But I do highly advise that you get a support group, whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, That Sober Guy Meetings. There's all kinds of different things out there uh, like this podcast. There's other podcasts out there that can really provide support because I couldn't have done it on my own and I can't continue to do it if it was just on my own. I have a great support group and you should really try to set yourself up for success by having a great support group yourself. So I have a list here of symptoms leading to relapse. I haven't talked much about relapse. Um, I, I really try to not think about that often. I don't, I don't, I I don't want to say that it's out of sight, out of mind, because it is always 
in the, the back of my mind, whether I think about it often or not, I think it should be that way. We're careful and we know that it, yes, it's possible. This thing is not invincible. We're never done. We've never a hundred percent beat this thing. Cause the minute we think that we have, that's when, um, we run to the bar or we, we make that decision spontaneously to use drugs or alcohol and we relapse. I've heard stories many, many times over and over, and they're all very similar in that aspect. Soon as they thought they had a part of it under control, I got this. I've got five years of sobriety. I got 10 years of sobriety. Um, you know, I've got a couple years, all different types of people, different types of, or different timelines of clean and sober. And then one day, Everyone says the same thing. One day I just decided I got it. I'm going to go for it. I can control it now. Uh, I haven't met anybody yet that is an admitted alcoholic or addict that can control it. So if you're out there and you can uh, write me and let me know, I'd be interested in, in hearing how the fuck you do it. Uh, so the checklist of symptoms leading to relapse while the individual must maintain The disciplines that ensure sobriety, there are ways in which others can help. Nearly every person close to the addict is able to recognize behavior changes that indicate a return to old ways of thinking. Oh, yes. I just that just reminded me of a term that I would hear a lot from James slavish conformance to the old shit we do. And that that just popped into my head when I when I was thinking about this last this last line here, because how many of us are stuck in that slavish conformance of those routines that we do? Mine used to be wake up at 5 a.m., straight to the garage, smoke a fat bowl, hop in the shower, drink a couple cups of coffee, take a few rips on the on the way out the door, and then that pattern would go on for the rest of the day. There'd be some booze involved at the end and some more uh, some more herbage smokage at the end of the night and then to bed and then all over again the next day. And that slavish conformance to that process was ingrained, instilled in my head to the, so much to where when I got home from, uh, from treatment, it probably lasted three to six months, um, definitely three months of almost a daily thing where I would subconsciously walk to the garage and go out there and then remember, Oh, that's right. I don't smoke anymore. Um, that was one of the big routines. Um, it, it really was, it was instilled in there and that routine, that same pattern of, of doing that, um, you know, it was very hard to break. It took some time. It doesn't, I don't, subconsciously walk out to the garage anymore and think that I'm going to, that I'm going to smoke or anything now. Um, but like I said, it lasted, it lasted quite a few months and that's something to, to take into consideration in the first few months of your sobriety is that it's going to take, um, retraining your brain and retraining your habits and finding things to replace those old habits to, um, you know, to, to kind of break them. So most addicts, if approached properly, would be willing to go over an inventory of symptoms periodically with a sponsor and other confidant. If the symptoms are caught early enough and recognized, the addict will usually try to change their thinking to get back on the beam again. A weekly inventory of symptoms might prevent some relapse. This added discipline is one of many addicts practice. Following is a list of common symptoms leading to possible relapse or to what is commonly called stinking thinking. This comes 
also from the Azure Acres Resident Handbook. It's the checklist of symptoms leading to relapse. So thank you, Azure Acres, for providing me with the therapy and much-needed uh, support and and uh, education to go on with my fucking life. Thank you. So I'm I'm glad to read this from the handbook straight out of it. So number one, exhaustion, allowing yourself to become overly tired or in poor health. Some addicts are also prone to work addictions, perhaps in an effort to make up for lost time. Good health and enough rest is important. If you feel you are apt to think well, feel poorly and your thinking is apt to deteriorate. Feel bad enough and you might be thinking drinking or using couldn't make it any worse. Number two, dishonesty. This begins with a pattern of unnecessary little lies and deceits with fellow workers, friends, and family. Then come important lies to yourself. This is called rationalizing, making excuses for not doing what you need to do or for doing what you know you should not do. Number three, impatience. Things are not happening fast enough or others are not doing what they should or what you want them to do. Remember that you're never going to change anybody. I can never change anybody. I can only change myself. I can only change the way I react to people. If I don't like this guy because he's a fucking prick, I can't change the fact that he's a prick. I'm not going to change it. All I can do is number one, I can choose to stay away from him. If it's a, if, if it's a situation where I have to be around him, I got to figure out a way to react to that prick that doesn't fuck me up because it's it's not him that's going to piss me off. I'm going to piss myself off by stewing on it, by not learning how to correctly deal with it. That's just an example. Argumentativeness. Arguing small and ridiculous point of view indicates a need to always be right. Why don't you be reasonable and agree with me? Looking for an excuse to use. That was a big one. I look for excuses a lot. I think uh, there would be times when I'd purposely get in a fight with my wife so I could just go down to the bar. I'm sure a lot of us have done that. Um, from what I've what I've talked to others about, it's very common that we will find an excuse. Uh, I lost my job, or uh, my girlfriend left me, or my wife and I are having problems. You know, all kinds of different things as 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 means to go get hammered, and then excuse it the next day. Oh well, I went through this. That's why. You know, and that that can be uh, that can be pretty dangerous. Uh, number five, depression, unreasonable and unaccountable despair may occur in cycles and should be dealt with and talked about. Number six, frustration at people, and also because things may not be going your way. Remember, everything is not going to be just the way you want it. Ever, it's fucking life. It will never be a hundred percent the way I want it. Now, as soon as I come to terms and accept that fact, my life is going to be quite a bit easier. And I would say I've gotten much better at that. Definitely not perfect on it. have to remind myself often, Shane, things aren't the way that you want them to be all the time. And it's life and it's not perfect. And once you're really able to admit that, once I'm able to kind of I say it out loud sometimes. I have to because I I still have tendencies to stew on shit and just it'll bug the fuck out of me and then I I can really lose my shit. And you know that 
that helps to say it out loud. It's not the way I want it. There's a reason that it's not the way I want it. That's another thing that's really helped is when I'm like, let's say I'm, let's say I'm running late to somewhere. This is just a a simple example. And even sometimes still I can get pissed off and why is there traffic? I think I did it just a couple of days ago. There was extra traffic in the morning. Why is there fucking traffic today? What the hell? Why is it, did all these people just decide to go get jobs and now, you know, there's all of a sudden there's traffic. So I'm running late to where I need to be. When you're able to put it in perspective, that's why I said, I think earlier in this podcast, it's all about perspective. How do we perceive things? If I'm able to perceive it, even though if it's fucking ridiculous, you know what? God put me here a little bit behind schedule. What if if I, what if he wouldn't have done that and I was on that schedule I was on earlier and I pulled out and got hit by a big rig? I know that's super extreme, but I'm using it I'm using an extreme example to really get the point across. Because the odds of something like that happening, let's face it, are, are slim to none. But when we're able to put perspective onto certain situations, it can really help cure um, the feelings of anger, of of uh, frustration, that type of stuff. Okay, look, God put me here because I'm supposed to be late right now. And accept it. That's that word acceptance. It is what it is. It's it. You know, what will be will be. And so let's not get all worked up about it and lose our cool. Number seven, self-pity. Why do these things always happen to me? Why must I be an addict? Nobody appreciates all I'm doing for them. Have you ever said that? I know I have said, why do these things always happen to me? Number eight, cockiness. Got it made. No longer fears using. Going into using situations to prove to others that you no longer have a problem. Do this often enough and it will wear you down. It will wear down your defenses. Two more. Number nine, complacency. Using was the furthest thing from my mind. Not using was not longer a conscious thought either. It is dangerous to let up on defenses because everything is going because everything is going well. Always to have a little fear is a good thing. More relapses occur when things are going well than otherwise. Uh, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. You know, people I've talked to, friends I have that had, you know, been clean and sober for years and they thought they had it. And then all of a sudden, one day, one bad decision, total destruction. And the last one, number 10, expecting too much from others. I've changed. Why hasn't everyone else? It's a plus if they do, but it is still your problem if they do not. Stay tuned next week for 14 days of building self-esteem. That'll be day three. Send us an email, sobriety at that soberguy.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your emails. I love reading them. I love writing back to y'all and uh, keeping that line of communication open. So have a, have a great day. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean. This has been another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio with Shane Raymond. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com or you can email Shane at sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy a sober, healthy, happy life.